Welcome back to the In the Dugout podcast. My name is Jason Ward, a.k.a. Red Sox Dugout, alongside Joey Nagel and Alex Jefferson. Baseball is back. What up? Let's go. Baseball's back, and so are we, baby. That's right. We're back, and I could not be more excited. Um, we're relevant again. That's fun. We're going to have stuff to talk about. Also great. We don't have to dive into where Henry Owens is or random <laughs> independent baseball leagues that are gone. The American Defenders of New Hampshire. Yeah. The greatest franchise of all time. Yeah, no, we're going to have real stuff to talk about. Uh, the first spring training game is this week. It's Friday, I believe. Thursday. Thursday. St. Patrick's Day. We're wearing the greens. Yeah, there you go. Um, and then opening day is April 7th. I believe we are in the Bronx for that one against the Yankees. Yes, we are. That'll be fun. It's a good way to start the year. Um, there was a point there where I didn't think we were going to have a full 162-game season. No. I mean, probably because the MLB told us that. <laughs> <laughs> they told us that like the first two weeks were delayed and they were going to cancel games. Um, and like I thought we weren't even going to have baseball for like another month or so. But... They kind of worked through the international draft problem. They figured it out. And here we are with a full 162-game season in front of us. I am, like, kind of shocked that they actually sorted it out to get the full season. It really didn't seem like they were going to. I have to say I'm impressed with the MLB and the MLBPA uh, being able to come to a conclusion as quickly as they did when it seemed like for pretty much all of February and a lot of the beginning of March, there was no movement in terms of either side willing to give anything. And the fact that they managed to come to a conclusion this quickly was impressive to me. Yeah, I had fully like convinced myself that the season was going to start late April or early May, and I was just like getting to accept the fact. And then all of a sudden, um, last week, we saw that the talks were heating up after that second deadline. And then... The passing bomb dropped, and I was walking to class, and I just screamed, let's go. Had a I smile was, on my face the rest of the day. I was in my dorm room sitting on my couch just watching MLB Network, refreshing Twitter over and over, and then my first notification was from Bob Nightingale, play ball. <laughs> <laughs> what a guy. <laughs> so that's how I found out the season started, and yeah, I jumped up, and it was like someone just hit a walk-off grand slam. It was Incredible. I was taking an exam on the quiet floor of the library, and I got up and did a little victory lap, and then <laughs> sat down and continued. <laughs> yeah. Thank God that's all over. That was just disgraceful. I don't even want to talk about the lockout anymore. I mean, yeah, we talked about it while it was happening. I think we vented enough. Um, yeah, we've gotten it all out, so we're done with that. Um, we can talk about briefly some of the rule changes and some of the stuff that they agreed upon. Um, because I know that we have some differing opinions on these. Um, so the big changes that are starting right away, a lot of like salary stuff, like the minimum salary increases, bonus pool created, um, universal DH, which I think is really good for the game. I don't need to see, um, random pitchers up there just taking three strikes and heading back to the dugout or pitchers getting hurt. Like, yeah, it's fun to see Chris sale hit a double, or whatever, but like overall for the game, I think it's better to have that competitive um, spot in the lineup versus a non-competitive at bat, especially when you have it in the AL already. Like it evens out the league. Like no other sport has that, where half the league is playing by one set of rules, half the league's playing by another set of rules. That just doesn't happen in any other sport, really. It'd yeah, be and like it was it, going on for forty-three years too. <laughs> It'd be like if one conference in basketball had the three-point line. And the other one had yeah. a slightly shorter three-point line. <laughs> it would just be really dumb. Exactly. So I'm glad that happened. 
Um, the six-team draft lottery I really like because now you can't tank for first pick anymore. And that was kind of a big thing happening in baseball. Like, the Red Sox did it, kind of, in a way. Um, And so there's not really going to be tanking as much as there has been. I mean, obviously, you saw this week with the Reds that it's still going to happen some. Um, But the draft lottery kind of like the NBA does in a way. Like, you don't know who's going to have the first pick or the first few picks. So it kind of doesn't kind of encourage losing, which I think is obviously good for the game. Luxury tax threshold increases. Um, cool. The limit of five optional assignments per player per year I think is great. So that means you can't just be sending guys back and forth between the minors. You can only send them up and down uh, five times, which is good because I don't. I just don't like when people are up and down all the time. I actually didn't know that was a new rule, but that's a good one. I mean, it and it definitely will help with you know players like that have a, struggles adjusting like. The fact that they can't be like it's going to make moves more strategic and it's going to be like it's going to you know play into the the deeper unfortunately the teams like the rays with like deeper farm systems will benefit a lot from that but yeah um and then some of the other things that the mlb is implementing um after this season and kind of trying out and stuff pitch clock um making the bases larger and banning the shift so these are the ones that i really want to talk about Bases larger, I don't think anyone cares about. Like, it just decreases injuries, and, like, who cares yeah, at all? It, it's that, really it, a minuscule There's, I, I don't think anybody's complaining no about it. No one is going to even notice. Maybe, like, one random dude in, like, what I did. What like, I did find out... Why are out, the bases larger? Back in my day, they were, <laughs> they were 14 the inches. They were actual... <laughs> they were, <laughs> bags yeah, they were of bags hay. full of, like, yeah. sand, yeah. Yeah, well, um, the new bases are apparently going to be more flat. So you know how the current bases kind of have a hump? The bubble, yeah. The, yeah. That, that's good, though. So That'll they got be rid of that, tripping. which is good, yeah. It reminds me of Bryce Harper a couple years ago. Oh, my ago God, yeah. When he slipped on the hump and his leg bent the wrong way. Yeah, so that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, uh, I want to talk about, what do we think about the pitch clock? Good. It's kind it's of good. been in the minor leagues. Yeah, I mean, it's good because it's coming up with a generation of pitchers who's been who have been using it. So it'll, like... It'll be somewhat of a natural. I would have waited like a year or two more, personally. I just, I think there's still a lot of veterans that are pitching in baseball, but you know, it'll hopefully speed up the process a little bit. I just think back to like David Price when yeah. he was yeah. on the Sox, taking like a year between pitches. Yeah, like, well, let's I, go throw the ball. I think it's going to be something that's only noticed for maybe a year or two, and then everyone's going to adjust to it, and you're not even going to. It's not even going to be a factor anymore, and it's. I think it's something that's probably going to be a little loosely followed, like if which is good. Yeah, if the veterans are out there, like Max Scherzer, Scherzer can take however long he wants, you know, as long as he's not really dragging it out. So, um, the old heads are going to hate it, and you know, it, it's a little corny having a pitch clock. But at the end of the day, I really don't think it's going to be noticed. Well, and I mean, it, it makes sense. Like, let's think about other professional sports. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The NBA has the shot clock. You have 24 seconds to shoot. It makes a lot of sense. You can't drag out possessions. It makes the game more high scoring. It makes it more intense, yada, yada, yada. Same thing with football. You've got like 40 seconds to to pick your play, set, and go. It just like it, it increases the speed. It you know, decreases downtime. It makes the sport more exciting, which is what baseball needs to bring in a bigger audience. So can you step off 
and have it reset. Is that how it works? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Because that that it, could get abused a little bit. Yes, but also you can't have it as like that's that's a complete advantage to base runners if a pitcher has to throw the ball by a certain time, and because a pitcher could be taking his time and a runner could literally steal two bases. Yeah. True. Nothing bothers me more though when a pitcher is just taking forever oh, yeah. to throw the ball. Yeah, well, and here's the thing: if they keep stepping off to reset it, the crowd's gonna let them know, and that's what I yeah. love. That's what I love. It, it's gonna lead to pitchers being booed more, which is a great thing. Yeah, yeah it's great. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then the other thing there, this one's a big one: banning the shift, banning the infield shift. Joey, um, well, my opinion on it is I I want to see the actual rule because. I don't think the shift should be 100% eliminated where you have to play your straight-up position for every hitter. I think it has to be limited. Like, remember when the Padres put Machado 200 feet out into right field? Yeah. You shouldn't be able to do that. Manny Machado should not be catching fly balls on the warning track in right field. But I do believe that you should be able to, to shift a little bit because it's a strategy in the game. Because I think hitters like Joey Gallo, who, by the way, absolute crybaby for whining about the shift a couple weeks ago i don't think that they should be rewarded for um for not having a shift because it just reinforces the current strategy of either hit a home run or strike out which i just can't stand i think you should be able to it should be you can only have two fielders on either side of second base but if there's a lefty up you can bring your shortstop to play just about over the bag Maybe not as extreme, but it it would still get the job done, and I still think it would punish people for not being able to go the other way, which is part of the game. In my opinion, I think there may be some changes that have to be made to not necessarily how the field's designed, but like lines placed on the field to show where players are and aren't allowed to be. I wouldn't in terms like of the that. Shift. I, I mean, it would look terrible. It would. But like... That's like kind of what you're asking for if you're like, let's not get rid of the shift completely, but like Well, you can use second base as a reference point, I think. As long as you're as long as like a short the shortstop is on the left side of second base, he can move over, but he can't go past the bag. Well it would also be interesting to see like, you know, as the pitcher starts his wind up, is the player like is the shortstop allowed to move from the left side of second base across the plane? True. Because like that's kinda like you'd be basically you know, you'd be abiding by no shift, and then you'd be shifting as the ball is being thrown. Also, what would the penalty be? Yeah. Like, that's, what, what that's would happen really if you just stepped outside of the boundaries that they set? Like, I wonder, would, would, would the runner be allowed first base? Is it like catcher's interference, it would go as an error if you field the ball from Maybe. an illegal position. That would, yeah. be, that would be a little ridiculous. See, okay, that's what I don't want, and I don't really want them to be setting, like, boundaries. Like, you have to stay in this, like, exact space I don't want on lines the on the field other than the I don't want lines. anything like that. What I want, what I've been saying that I want, is I hate when they have, like, these crazy shifts, like you said, with someone way out in right field, or they have, like, four guys on one side of the infield. I want them to, like, do two things. One, you have to have two players on each side of second base. Third baseman, shortstop, second base, first base. And you can move them wherever you want, like, on that side yes, of the field. Yes, I agree. And then the other part of it is they have to stay um, in the dirt. Like, they can't be on the outfield grass. I think I, I, I get that. But also, like, a shortstop and a second baseman, sometimes they normally play, like, on the grass. So maybe it's – I wouldn't even put, like, a specific measurement on it. I would almost make it a judgment call. 
like the umpire the second base umpire can turn around and say hey you're too far out there this is a warning yeah yeah i i think it should be it shouldn't be a like a hard rule it should be yeah no i agree with that i don't think it should be like um your, your toe was was in line was uh on the grass it yeah. was crossing the line of second base yeah stuff yeah, like that like, like it's definitely supposed to be kind of like Relax. I think it's a formality, general. kind of. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's more designed to get rid of the outrageous shifts. Yes. Like, exactly. Like, that's you shouldn't have your third baseman ducking out in the right field anymore. And I get that. Yeah. But you can have you can have your middle infielders move more towards the middle of the field. I think that is more than fair. Because if you get rid of that, I think it takes away a little bit of strategy. To connect it to other sports again, like I think a good comparison is in football. Like You have to be kind of set up before the play a certain way. Or it's not a legal play. Yes. I think that's pretty similar. Because imagine in football if you just kind of like stacked your whole entire team to one side of the field. Or like you didn't have, or you just put a ton of blockers in. Like you had like a giant offensive line of like eight guys or something. Like you just can't do that. And well, so I think that's a good comparison I kind mean, of. And like if you do something like that, you look stupid, right? Like yeah. the Colts and their, uh, their oh. weird... They're weird one down linemen. Yeah. Like that, like that's what you would get. And like, I think, you know, that to me, the most similar thing in that is when baseball, when they, when you have four guys on the right side of the infield and I mean, it's like, you're either offering up a free opposite field hit or an out or a home run. That's what everybody says. So boring is why don't they just hit it where they like the shift isn't playing. Yeah. I always thought that they would put, they would put rules on the shift because like I always thought that players would just take advantage, and we'd see way too many people bunting up the third baseline for singles. I still don't get why they don't. I know. Like Joey Gallo should just shut up. He he. Like, come. You guys saw what he said, right? What a dumb name. Yeah. Like, too. yes, Joey. Absolutely. <laughs> what an idiot, right? Um, no, but come on. You're whining about not being able to go the other way. You're a major league hitter. Be better. Be better. Like professional hitters know how to go the other way. The best and they hitters don't hit whine it about fields. it. Yeah. They don't whine about it. JD, JD he goes Martinez about his business. Example. He can put it all over the place. Rafi, Xander, all of them. Even David Ortiz, who was a power hitter, could yeah. go opposite field. He used the monster like no one else. We talked about this. Yeah, it's just <laughs> don't complain because you're not good enough at baseball. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't complain c- because you hit 196 with 37 home runs. Like, yeah. don't don't complain because you hit short porch home runs every oh single game. The Joey Gallo Kool Aid is going to be ridiculous this year. Like, yep. Oh. Well, Stanton if, Judge. If the, if the Yankees are good. Yeah. Because the, the the AL East is looking like the most it's stacked a division. Yeah. I can't wait for our episode with preseason predictions because that's going to be an interesting one. Yeah. The AL East, yeah, it's insane. Like, I was seeing, we'll get to this a little Those bit Those Orioles, man, they're Yeah, good. that's what I was about to say. The Orioles, watch out. Um, I was looking at, like, it was, like, the teams in the running for, Was it? I think it was Kyle Schwarber, and it was, like, uh, Red Sox, Blue Jays, Rays. Yankees. Yankees. Like, yeah. it's just the AL East. Um, but, yeah, like, the AL East is going to be packed, stacked, um, and so that's going to be interesting to see um but like we can actually like make moves now now that the <laughs> lockout is over and we already have started making moves for the bullpen we signed um lefty reliever what's his first name matt strom matt strom, matt strom yeah. um dude has the hair of jesus and jake diekman veteran lefty 
Both great moves, in my opinion. So it's so nice to have such like actual ha- have actual lefties out of the pen. Yeah, we were talking about that before the show that we don't need to throw Austin Davis out there anymore. Or, I mean, Darwin's and Hernandez, I guess, is still going to be in the mix. Yeah, but well, you don't know where the ball's going with. Well, them. now that you think of it, don't you think maybe that we have too many lefties out in the pen now? Because we have Darwinson, Josh Taylor, Matt Strom, and Jake Deakman. Well, Darwinson, I honestly think might not make the team because he has an option. That's gonna, interesting. Yeah. Also, like. Josh I'm, Taylor I'm is so unpredictable. That's I, true. I like Josh Taylor though cuz he's like I think he does have the mentality to be to be a good reliever. He's passionate and he he cares about getting the job done. He does, yeah. Um and he gets upset when he doesn't. Yeah, well, yeah, the it, that's the only thing like I like that he gets upset when he doesn't do his job, but I don't like how he shows himself up. Like, remember yeah. Yeah, when yeah. they won a game and he fired the ball down the baseline? Right, that's what I was that. trying to remember, yeah. But that's because he's passionate, and I understand it. Um, but, yeah, so Matt Strom, I've been calling him Big Pastrami. I want that to catch on. Pastrami. I've been trying to get that to catch on. Um, but Big, Big Pastrami's got a 291 ERA in 19 games in 2020, and he has a career 381 ERA in 157 games. So he's been around and he's actually had much better numbers than I thought he's had. Like I've known him to be in the league and I never really thought he was that good. But like diving into his numbers, he's actually been pretty solid. Um, and he's a solid lefty, which is kind of rare. And then Jake Diekman, I've wanted for a long, long time. Um, I think he's really good. He had a .47 ERA in 21 games in 2020. Um, 386 ERA last season has a career 373 ERA big strikeout guy with a lot of walks but that's honestly what I think the Red Sox could use yep I think Eck is going to adore Eck's Matt gonna Strom. love him he's yeah. gonna love Matt Strom he's gonna say look at this look, look at, at the Shat- moss on this look guy. at the moss on this guy up here a little crafty cheese 93 on the dot see a pair of shoes he's got <laughs> moss on his hair he looks or- like shaggy He's got moss that's, on his head, hair Strom. on his fastball. Oh my god! Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna love him because Strom doesn't throw hard, but he's crafty. I've seen his stuff. He's got some funky. I mean, Eck I is gonna funky. throw. He's gonna throw the f word out there all day. Funky, funky, funky. <laughs> Let me tell you, Dave, that right there is funky cheese. Yeah, look at this ninety three on the dot. See ya. <laughs> oh my god, I can't wait for that. Um, Kind of off topic, but also relevant to what you just said. Did you see that Nesson's adding some dudes to the broadcast booth? Yep. Um, Will Middlebrooks. Love it. Love Will Love Middlebrooks. Him. Love him. Um, Kevin Millar. Electric. Oh, yeah. Electric. That's going to be so fun. <laughs> That's going to be great. I hope they have him with X sometimes. Yes, that would be funny. They'd hit it off, I'd think. And then um, Tony Mass. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm actually really interested to see how that will go because – um, obviously he's with the sports hub and they have, they always have the glass half empty take on the Red Sox, but I wonder, will that change when he's with, when he's with Nesson? Because I listen to what he say to what he says on the radio. He's, he's a smart guy. Like he knows what he's talking about with baseball. I just don't think his opinions are always correct, <laughs> but I do. I do think he's a knowledgeable person. I think, Yeah. He says some really stupid things, though. Yes, but that's also because he's with Mike Felger. That's true. That definitely drags <laughs> him down. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it'll be interesting to see like what his opinion is now that he's actually watching every Red Sox game. Yep. 
I don't like. Didn't he kind of admit to like not watching? Yeah, well, when they were I, w- I wonder are we gonna be seeing this in the booth? Well, Dave, I tell you, he sucks. He sucks, Dave. He, he sucks. sucks. Dave, he sucks. <laughs> he sucks. <laughs> oh, I hope I'd love we get it, that line. I'd love it. I, I I'd love if they're playing the Yankees and Judge strikes out on three pitch and he's like, Well, Dave, Judge sucks. He sucks. <laughs> That's three what I pitches. need. <laughs> I need that. It's kind of like how Eck will just kind of like bully a guy. Oh, I, I want Tony it. Maz to do that <laughs> too, and just be like. Like imagine like someone like really messes up and you have Eck and Maz in the booth together oh, and X like oh on. my god come on like what are you doing and Tony Maz is like he sucks Eck he sucks <laughs> and then X like right on brother <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it's gonna be great Dave O'Brien's gonna be like that was a dandy <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah so those are the two relievers we got and we have been as we always, still have Ke- also Kevin Euclid in the booth. Oh yeah, we have you yeah. too. That's gonna be fun. Two Kev- oh, the Kevins should definitely broadcast. I bet they will. I don't know too much about Yuke's personality. He loves beer. I know that. <laughs> That's like all I know. <laughs> He's Brady's brother-in-law. Tom Brady's back. Yes, sir. I don't want to talk about that. It's stupid. Like I'm happy about it, but like it's stupid. I love Tom Brady. Like if you're gonna retire, just retire. Like commit. Yeah. Yes. He's commitment issues. Socks. Socks. Um. <laughs> yeah. So Yuke is in the booth too. Um. But. Yeah, so we got Strom and Diekman, big guys for the bullpen. I still think that we need one more guy, um, probably right. right-handed. Yeah, yeah. But and I think, I think I saw Bloom say that they were targeting one more guy for the bullpen, um, a righty. I've been and hearing Kenley Jansen. I saw that. I saw their room with Kenley Jansen. And I think the Red Sox kind of realized that they need like a lockdown closer. Yeah. Like it hasn't been the same since they lost Kimbrel, and obviously Kimbrel was on the team that we won the World Series with. So a cool, I mean, a good closer would be cool. Matt Barnes is not a good closer, even though it, he, Well, it's going to be a question mark. I wonder, will, is he going to be one of these, like, remember, like, how Janichi Tozawa was nails in the first half of the season and he'd just gas out by the by yeah. the dog days? So, like, if he's like that, then let's just send him down at the All-Star yeah. break. <laughs> just shut him down. Like, tell him to take the summer off, go on a trip, and then come back for October. Yeah. Just be like, yo, Matt, the All-Star break's actually, like, Matt, condensed season. Season's over. It's a yeah, short season's season over. Uh, go home. Go, JD's re- re- renting you his boat. Oh, yeah. He's loaning it to you. Go fishing for a little bit. Go check on Henry Owens for us. You actually <laughs> see that JD put his boat up for sale? Good for him. One, or one of them, I guess. Prioritizing yeah. baseball. Good. He, he can hit now. <laughs> um, Did you see, though, that JD Martinez uh, wants to retire with the Red Sox? I like it. I love to hear it, but I have a feeling that's not going to happen. It can only happen if he takes less money, I think. Yeah. Well, I was thinking about this on the way here. Um, We'll talk about Freddie Freeman a little bit later, but let's just say hypothetically the the Sox somehow landed Freddie Freeman. When Cassis comes up, wouldn't you expect him to DH, and then where does JD end up? Because he can't really play outfield every day. Yeah, I don't think the Red Sox really see JD in their future plan because you look at like the guys we have coming up in the minors, and there's a lot of um, repeat positions. Like Casas is a first baseman, third baseman. Uh, Blaze Jordan's a first baseman, third baseman. Devers is a third baseman. Bobby Dahlbeck's a first baseman, and I I feel like there's still even way more than that too. Um, so there's a logjam on a lot of these positions. Someone's got a DH. Oh, Benellis and. The, the guy that we got for Renfro, he's... Hudson Potts. Hudson Potts, yeah. Like, yeah, we just have a ton of third baseman, first baseman, so, I mean, trade some at some point, but I think, like, 
Casas is going to have to play, obviously. And then what do you do with Dahlbeck? Is Devers going to stay at third base, or is he going to become a DH or first baseman? Like, I just don't see – like, we need that DH position for other things. I just don't think J.D. Martinez is part of the plan. Which sucks because J.D. is such a professional hitter. You know what you're going to get out of him. And I, well, I feel like with his approach, he can carry that up until he's probably 40. Well, and he makes the whole team better at hitting. I mean, he's basically a glorified hitting coach. Yeah. Well, everyone tries to act like JD. They ha- everyone's kind of adopted his work ethic, and I, and I just wonder is that something that would stay, e- even if he's not there? Because he probably holds guys accountable sometimes during BP. He sets a good example. Oh, for sure, yeah. I forget who it was, but I remember seeing some Sox prospects talking about how JD Martinez has done a ton for them. Um, just as like a mentor, well, and like that's something that a lot of other guys just can't bring to the table. Well, and if he if he goes, I mean, who's the real leader on this team? Bogarts. Bogarts. I mean, however, we have to bo- talk about that later. Yeah, as well. we'll get to that. I don't feel like JD is a leader to a whole I, lot. Like I feel like he's just kind of like I a, think he's a really good clubhouse guy. Clubhouse think, guy. Yeah. I think he's someone that everyone likes and everyone seems to be very comfortable around. He seems like an approachable guy. He's think, definitely someone you can talk hitting with. For I think people hours. definitely look up to him, but yes. I wouldn't put him as like a leader in terms of I don't think he's really kind of like a like, like David Ortiz kind of. <laughs> yeah, like put the team on his back, like well, I don't take responsibility for things. Like the way that Bogarts talks to the media, that's a leader. Like he'll be like, "Yeah, like I should have been better out there. Like we should have been better as a team. Like we kind of need to talk to like he's yeah. very kind of like team. Like I'm the leader here." Um, JD Martinez is kind of like, "Yeah, like, I'm one of the best players hit, here. Hit, 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 hit. Yeah. He's a robot. <laughs> We're forgetting this. He's a robot. He can't really sense emotions that well. He doesn't feel emotions. No, too. eat, sleep, hit. Fish. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Bard. Yeah. Um. So I don't really think J.D. Martinez. Like, I think J.D. Martinez wants to be with the Red Sox, but I don't think the Red Sox want J.D. Martinez just because, not because he's bad, because he doesn't fit with the team. I think he's just. I think he's on the. He's in the wrong age range for the Red Sox. Like going forward, I think they're still trying to get younger and like. And it's tough too because like he's kind of limited in terms of he's not that great of a fielder. He's not that athletic. (laughs) 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 And I mean, he's got his injury history too. Like he's got back problems that are ankle pretty significant. Most like he'll be out with back spasms or back problems. Uh, I feel like every season we've had him pretty much. He's had problems with that. Um, and as you get older, that's probably going to get worse. And, like, again, as we're trying to get younger, younger guys are going to be better options. So, Well, J.D. can't play the field because he's he has problems accidentally stepping on bases and rolling his ankle. So, yeah, there's that. Oh, but that's not going to happen anymore. With the flat bases, bases yeah. yeah. New bases. That was for him. New bases. That was the J.D. rule. The J.D. rule. No hump on the bags. <laughs> <laughs> Can we please talk about how – about Xander Bogarts now because I'm really, all right. I'm really yeah. upset. So there's a few things with the whole Xander Bogarts situation. I have a quote here. Um, the Red Sox have been rumored to be looking at Carlos Correa and Trevor Story. Like that was kind of a, a pre-lockout thing and it's kind of come back up after the lockout. I especially saw some stuff with Trevor Story. And so when Xander Bogarts is like the captain of the team, the big guy at shortstop, and the Red Sox are looking at these star shortstops, it makes him think, huh, like, what's going on here? Uh, Joey has the quote from Bogarts. Yep. Um, it says, quote, it's like sometimes I don't I don't even know I'm on the team. It's like, hey, I'm here, but it's what you do. You guys have got stories to write, and you guys have more info 
it's out of my control. I can't really do much about it. But sometimes you feel like, hey, I exist. I'm here. It is what it is. That's, I don't like that. It's not what you want to hear from your star shortstop That's when not he's what you up want for to hear a contract from your captain. And he's a Boris guy too. So you know he's probably not taking a hometown discount anymore because he did not a couple again. years ago. Not again, yeah. Well, and I mean, come on. This guy has been here since, what, 2013? He's been through it all, the ups and the downs. You, I mean, he had to, like, earn himself a contract extension when he so obviously deserved one for so long. And even then, they didn't give him the money he deserved. He's one of, if not the best American League shortstops in or one of the best American League shortstops in the game of baseball. He does it all. He's, I mean, he's getting, he's been getting better in the field. He can hit for contact, for power. He's, you know, he puts the ball everywhere. Like, I, it's, I don't understand, like, what in, and he's young. Like, what, what in Correa and Story do you have that you don't have with Xander Bogarts? So, I think the issue here, I mean, I could be wrong because I'm not in the Red Sox front office, but I don't think the Red Sox are trying to replace Bogarts. I've always thought they just wanted to compliment Bogarts in terms of like get Trevor Story to play second base or Carlos Correa to play second base and maybe as Bogarts gets older move him to second base but I never thought they were trying to replace him I thought they were always just trying to kind of bolster their infield I don't think they are like but, because I what I what I believe is they're trying to move him to second base and as a shortstop he, he's been the shortstop of the Red Sox for nine years now um there's there's a pride thing that goes along with it we saw it with jeter with the yankees they kept him at shortstop even when they got a rod when jeter was the worst defensive shortstop in mlb history um it it's just a pride thing that goes with playing shortstop and and i get it if they if they were trying to you know bolster the infield around him you don't think that they would communicate that with bogarts and make it clear so that he was aware well that's the other thing i was going to say is like that's a conversation that needs to happen yeah like if they're trying to sign one of these guys they need to have a conversation with bogarts and be like we're not trying to replace you we want this person to play second base or if you're open to that we can put you there too but you're our shortstop and you have first pick of that position like you're staying there as long as you want it well, that conversation needs to happen. Also, if you're trying to bolster the infield, how about you give Devers a blank check? Because if you extend Devers, that's going to make Bogarts probably want to stay more. Because if if they know they're treating his buddy right, he he'll probably be more inclined to stay here. Well, and I mean those those are the guys that you have to build around. Like they're both young mid twenties, like some of the best hitters in the game. Like how do you not build around those two guys? And we've been saying it for so long, like, re-sign Devers, re-sign Devers, and we're still waiting. Yeah, this came out today, a quote from Rafael Devers. Quote, the Red Sox have not approached me about a contract extension. I am open to conversations. This is my home. Obviously, I want to be here. I just don't get how the Red Sox have not approached well, Devers about a contract extension. That, so- that sounds worse than it is because they weren't allowed to talk extension for 99 days. Yes, but at the same time... It should have been done before because they could have saved money. If if they care so much about money, if they extended Devers last year, that price would have been a lot lower than this year or yeah, next year. And also, it's one thing to not have an agreement. It's another thing to not even start the conversation. Like I feel like the second day one of offseason should have been, hey, Devers, we want to keep you here long term. Like, What can we figure out here? Like, it should have started the beginning of the offseason. Like, yeah, there's that 100-day period where you just couldn't talk about it, but day one of the offseason or day one back from the lockout, it should have been, what can we do to keep you here? Yes. Well, if Devers 
is not extended. I. Th- this is a bold take. This is a bold thought, but I. I will lose all faith in Heim Bloom if he doesn't extend Devers because it's 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 a it's an alley oop. Is it, it really Heim Bloom or is it ownership? Bloom? I don't know, but Heim Bloom should be. I don't know how you don't want Raphael Devers on this team. Heim Bloom, if like if ownership doesn't want him extended, Heim Bloom should go into the ownership office and be like, "Hey, dumbass, I'm signing Devers to an yes, extension." Yes, exactly. <laughs> like this is beyond ownership. Like I understand it. Like ownership could tell Heim Bloom, "Hey, do not give Devers any money. Don't give him a penny." But Heim Bloom would. He he would have to advocate for Devers. Um, what possible the, logic could there be like, behind not giving Devers, Devers an extension? is the best offensive third baseman in the AL, if not the entire league. And he's a baby. Yes. <laughs> Here's the thing: you can you can extend Devers, and you don't. You're not going to have to pay him thirty million dollars a year. I just like. I mean, you look at the Franco extension. Like, how do you give a guy with half a season that much money, but you can't give similar money? To a the guy Rays who, paid Wander Franco. That's how, crazy. And as a big market team with all this money, how can you not pay one of the best players who has been proven to be one of the best players for so many years now? Like, it just doesn't make any sense. And the Sox had a hole at third base for years. That's true. It was, it was between Euclid. guy. Between Uke. Well, actually, you played first, too. But Yeah. But, like, I can't think of any, like... N- Good third baseman in Red Sox history in my lifetime outside of Devers. I don't even Wait. care about his defense. He's going to be your next DH if you want him to be. I was going to say something stupid. I was going to say Kelly Johnson. Uh, who? Yeah. Yeah. Kelly Johnson? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All like, what was it, like 39 games of him or something? Yeah. yeah. Um, But the, I feel like the Red Sox have a bad history with this too. Like obviously the most recent example is Mookie Betts. Like you have this young homegrown talent and you just fail to kind of reach an agreement for an extension and you let him go and they've kind of expressed that they regret that regret how it was handled so don't do it again yeah just don't i think this is easier too because devers has said to the media he wants to be here he, wants to be he never here. said that yeah mookie was like i don't know we'll have to see what happens like he wanted to, mookie test, free wanted to test free agency devers doesn't want to go anywhere if you have like this generational talent who's young and wants to be here, you have no reason to not keep him here. I'm so. being an optimist right here, but maybe the Sox approach him about a contract extension at the end of spring training once they figure because free agency is so yeah. weird right now. Hopefully, maybe they spend you know they spend their money now, and once they have an idea of what uh, their finances are going to be down the road, they approach Devers at the end of spring training. But once spring training ends, you can't really talk extension with guys. Exactly. Guys don't like to talk about it during the season. So that's kind of what I was thinking about. I was thinking about this earlier today when that quote came out. I was like, okay, Bloom's smart. So maybe he knew the lockout was coming, didn't want to start negotiations for an extension and have them just kind of stall out during a 99-day lockout. It's like, okay, so I'll wait until after the lockout's done. We come back from the lockout, and they have like a week to sign free agents. So he's like, okay, I'm going to focus on free agents right now. Ball star team that way. Let's get Matt Strom, Jake Diekman, look at other guys, whatever. Once that settles down, once spring training gets going, okay, now I can approach Raphael and be like, let's get an extension done. I feel like that is kind of a logical explanation for why there hasn't really been anything yet. Um, I'm hoping that's true. It makes sense. But Red Sox have done stupid things. (coughs) Excuse me. Oh, my God, the black mold in the dorms. Yeah. Red Sox have done stupid things. So I don't know. I'm hoping that I'm right. I'm hoping that's what it is. It makes sense. But time will tell. We'll see.
if they don't sign Devers, though, there's no excuse for that. If we let him go, if we don't sign new extension, if we don't even start extension talks with them, there is no excuse for that at all. No excuse. We're the Boston Red Sox. Yeah, big seriously. Team. Come on. Like, you tanked an entire season to get under that luxury tax, and you're like, I understand that they want to wait for the right opportunity to go over the luxury tax. But is this not the right opportunity? Well, it's not. It's you're not even going over the luxury tax this year if you extend Devers because that will kick in next year. I like that shouldn't even like. Raphael it shouldn't Devers even be a concern. It shouldn't be a concern. It should be Raphael Devers is signed to an extension. Now, what can we do with the remaining money? Exactly. Like if the yeah. day comes between, <laughs> I mean, yeah. where you yeah. have to decide between Bogarts and Devers, you pick Devers. You have younger. to pick Devers because he's At younger. Least one of them. Like right now, we're on path to lose both. When we like we're the Boston Red Sox, we should keep both we're and the it Red Sox. It shouldn't even be a problem. <laughs> With the Sox. But if you really do have to pick one because maybe maybe you sign, you know, someone, you sign a Freddie Freeman, whatever. Not or even because you're a cheapskate, you got to choose one and this like, is come the, on. this is the point where I'm starting to question. It's costing you more money the more you <clears throat> wait. Well, here's my thing, right? I mean, I understand, you know, Haim has done a lot for us and he's really, you know, helped the organization, but I worry that he is too much of a small market GM. No, and it's not his wallet. I think it's John Henry. He's too invested in the, the Penguins. What? Yeah. 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 Penguins and his he revolutions. Is that the right? Wait. No. Liverpool? Liverpool. Yeah, Liverpool. Yeah, like, come on. No. Hey, 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 Sidney Crosby's under contract, okay? We can we can focus on Rafi now. I mean, it's the gas prices. He's like, in this gas price market, I can't be affording like these big contracts. If you extend Devers, he can just walk to the stadium or use his little <laughs> scooter. He doesn't use gas. Yeah, he uses his tricycle. Yeah, come on. I I I mean, it's we've been on the lockout for like less than a week, so let's see how things go with these extension talks. But if we reach the end of spring training and there's nothing, I am going to be very upset. All right. To say the least. But let's let's have let's have a little more fun. Let's play the free agent game. Okay. Yeah. The free agent game. Yeah. I don't know what that is. No, I don't know. It. No, we just talk about what free agents we want in Boston. All right. Well, let's. We'll we'll just toss some names out there and see what happens. Yeah. All right. Freddie Freeman. No. No. Whoa. Not for six years. Is that he's looking for six? He's years? Looking, he's for looking for six years. years. So he's six thirty-two years. years old, which means we'd have him signed until he's thirty-eight. I don't want that. We have Tristan Casas, Bobby Dahlbeck. Again, I just went through all the names. We have so much depth at first base. Devers could play first base one day. I only want a first baseman from a free agency standpoint. As a if they are a one or two year deal, or if they can play other positions like Kyle Schwarber, who can play outfield. That's really the only kind of first baseman I want because Tristan Casas is going to be your first baseman later this season or for sure next season. He and might even make the opening day roster. He might. And so you training. have to keep that open for him because you don't want him to not have consistent playing time or really a spot on the that's team. How, that's how you ruin a top prospect, by sending them up and down. Because if they're a top prospect, even if they struggle in the beginning, they're going to figure it out because they're that good at baseball. Like, right. Of course, who wouldn't want Freddie Freeman? But like for the Red Sox, it really just doesn't make sense and because if, you're so deep. If, yeah. if it affects your salary cap, to where you can't go back and extend Devers or extend Bogarts, what's the point? I'll like, take the 14-year-old player over the 32-year-old. Th- exactly. All yep. All right. Trevor Story. Trevor Story. Um, 
This I is, don't think he's getting a long-term deal this offseason. I think he's going to sign a one. He had a down year last year, and I'm a firm believer that he, he his need, market is shrinking so much that he might just sign a one-year prove-it type deal with someone, and I don't really see that being with us. It, it could happen, but he would have to play second base. So I agree with you because the free agent class for next year is horrible. Horrible. So he can be like the number one guy on it. And so I think it does make sense for him to do that. But I disagree with you because I think the Red Sox are the perfect team for that. Yes, he won't be playing shortstop, but who cares? He plays second base. It shows teams that he can play two positions great. True. but And the Red Sox, like, they have Nick York, who's going to be our second baseman in the future. Yep. So they don't need to go out and sign Story or Correa to, like, a six-, seven-year deal or whatever they're looking for. So it makes sense for the Red Sox to sign a guy to a one-year deal like that, and he could be the guy. The, the one thing that scares me just in general with signing Colorado hitters is how much is their hitting impacted by playing out west in the mountains. I mean, I, I understand, like, you know, Coors is just like a – you could hit any any ball in the air and it'll go out in Coors, which, like, yeah, it'll be beneficial for when we go to Yankee Stadium, but, like – and I mean, if he had a down year last year in his first full season back since 2019, like, what does that say? Yeah, it's, it's just to me, there's a little bit more of a concern there. And like, again, why would we prioritize like putting in all this investment in terms of money into someone that, you know, where we can use the money in other other areas that are more beneficial, like re-signing Kyle Schwarber? Yes. Well, oh the thing God. with Story is he's a very good defensive shortstop. Look at his home and away splits. Yeah, that's not good. Two ninety six average at home. He's a righty power bat. Away. He can use that green monster if we were to get him. <laughs> but the thing is, I I truly think Story's going to go to a team. It could be a terrible team. He could go to the Diamondbacks, but he's going to go wherever they're going to let him play shortstop for a full year because ultimately, a shortstop, if he puts up a Gold Glove season at shortstop and hits well, he's going to get a monster deal. As opposed to if he even if he plays Gold Glove second base and has a good offensive season, he'd get a lot more money as a shortstop. So that's why I just don't see it happening. All right, you kind of changed my mind on it. <laughs> um, Carlos Correa. Nope. He's going back to Houston. I don't know about that. I, I can't see him going anywhere else. And also, I really don't like him. Yeah, I don't I don't player. like him as a player. I think he's going to get a little overpaid because, like, yes, he is a phenomenal defensive shortstop, maybe the best defensive shortstop not no, that's not even true. But that's he's a, a yeah. he's just he's a Gold Glove caliber shortstop. We'll put it at that. And he's also a very solid offensive player. But his numbers don't jump off of the off of the stat sheet relative to whatever contract he's going to get. He's going to get a monster deal, and he's a really well, good offensive player. It it also is just like that's interesting too. Yeah, I'm looking at this article right now from Ken Rosenthal kind of suggesting would Carlos Correa sign a one-year deal and it and it starts off with um, close your eyes and you can picture agent Scott Boras at the news conference explaining why Carlos Correa signed a one-year 45 million dollar year deal um, and he's like I didn't begin re representing Carlos until January in the middle of the owners lockout we were left with too short a timetable and too short openings like I can kind of see that logic behind free agents just want to sign fast and a one-year deal could make sense for him. But for him, I mean, especially coming from a team that's already so good, like I, I would find it hard to believe that if he were to sign a one-year prove a deal, it wouldn't just be with the Astros. Like, it, it would be with the yeah. Astros. Yeah. Also, it's the same thing with Story. He would want to play shortstop. Yeah. Um, 
And I mean, if hmm. and if you bring one of those guys in and you give them the shortstop position, then what does that do to Bogarts? What does that do to you, his confidence? You'd have to hope that you'd be able to re-sign Correa long-term with the right price because there is literally zero chance Bogarts would stay. If you if you moved him out of shortstop this year for with Carlos without Correa. any warning yep. or like, it's just tough because I feel like second base is our biggest hole, our biggest weakness. Well, it has been for a while. Now. It's been our biggest since hole since Pedroia. we lost Pedroia. Yeah. But it seems like there's just no good second baseman, really. There's light at the end of the tunnel with our second base situation, though. I think Nick York Nick is York, be yeah. a phenomenal player. Until then, though, it's just bridging the gap. And, like, yeah. who even is our second baseman right now? Is My it cousin. Chris, Christian Arroyo? Yeah. Is that, are we okay with that? Yeah. I mean, it's a, it would probably – I would assume Kike would get some run at second base again. Um, it's okay. Like, not, you don't have to have an all-star at every position. I think Arroyo, someone who's pretty solid, he can get the job done, hit at the bottom of the lineup, and get on base. So, well, last season was his only year like that, though. He yeah. was horrible before that. I know, but he was a former first-round pick, so the talent has always been there. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe Brock Holt. No, that, I know Brock that's Holt not going to happen. Available. He I wish available. we signed Marcus Semyon. I would have loved Semyon because he's someone who is perfectly fine with playing second base. He's yep. going to play second base with Seager. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah, that would have been nice. And, I mean, I think that would have that would have made Bogarts <laughs> over the moon. You I know? think that would have made him a little happier too, yeah. I'm looking <clears throat> I'm looking at the free agents and there's just no All right. second base. All right, Seiya Suzuki. Hmm. That, is that the international yeah, guy? Yeah, this is a Japanese guy. Outfielder. Japan. It's interesting because our outfield is so cluttered, yet also like there's a big hole, I feel. Well, I Co- think we need one more outfield. Koji's been tampering for us. <laughs> Koji's trying. He, he has. <laughs> he has. He, he's been trying to trying to force him into Boston. And, um, I mean, I, I feel like he would be a very he's, – he's a power bat. He seems to be a very well-rounded hitter who can play a corner outfield spot. He doesn't necessarily have to play center. Is he uh, a righty or a lefty? He's a righty. Oh, well so, – Righties are never bad in our lineup, especially with with the monster. Here's the rundown on Seiya Suzuki. He is 5'11", 182 uh, pounds, age 27, Small. so he's pretty young. Righty outfielder. He's a well-rounded player with a big-time bat, hits for average and power, works deep into counts, and limits strikeouts. He's very good at that. And he has an efficient and strong swing. Like, his mechanics are great. Uh, he's also a great fielder, which I don't think a lot of people realize with a good arm. Um... And so that's like another part of his game too. He's not just a power batter or a good hitter. He's good in the field. He just he sounds like an upgrade to Hunter Renfro, to be honest. But the issue is he's coming from Japan, and so players don't always transition well from Japan to the majors. That's true. And but so I mean, there's risk associated with yes. Him there. But the bright side with it too is they will not get as much money. I've been seeing it would be somewhere around five years, eighty-five million, so seventeen million a year. Well, not as much compared to who. An outfielder of his caliber. I'd say you the could majors. get Schwarber for that kind of money. You probably could. But Schwarber's older um, and not as good at Well, they're Is about he? the same age. I think they're about the I same age. I thought Schwarber age. was closer to 30. I thought he was 27. Hold Maybe. On. Kyle But Schwarber. obviously, Suzuki, you're getting the defense with him too. and He's 29. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Wow. Uh, um, oh, he his birthday was like... A few days ago. Happy though. birthday. So he was I, just hope, I hope he had his birthday party Ten at days the ago. Waltham Chuck E. Cheese. That's a good place. Happy birthday, Kyle Happy Schwarber. Happy birthday. Ten days ago. Please come back. Please come back. Um, yeah, but <laughs> I would personally love Suzuki. I feel like, yes, there's a risk, but also um, 
there's a high reward because you could be getting someone who hits 300 for with with like 30 home run 25 home runs and 30 doubles for not that much relative to other outfielders in well, the major leagues. And I mean, defensively looking at our outfield, I mean, obviously Jackie Bradley's not going to play every day, but he's a he's a Gold Glove type type defender. Verdugo is great. Kike is great. Kike is great. Um, I mean, defense was our problem last year. Yeah, if we have a third, if we can fill in that third third outfield spot with defense, not that Renfro was bad, but I mean, you know, he got a little over overzealous with some of his throws sometimes. Hey, hey, hey. Let's take it easy on Hunter Renfro here, okay? He's one of the best players of all time. Well, Mike Trout's going to be healthy this year. That's true. That ruins it. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so here's the thing, though, with kind of the other outfield options. So I think the other outfield options that we're talking about here in free agency are um, Kyle Schwarber, Nick Castellanos, Jorge Soler, and Michael Conforto. Yes. None of them are good defensively. Yes. But if if you're looking for someone who's a poor defender, you'd like them to be, like, athletic at least so that they can track down fly balls which schwarber is castellanos castellanos is not no he's he's not no i would not but the thing with schwarber and castellanos is they can both play first base yeah but i mean i don't think that like i don't think that soler would struggle there either i mean soler's a big guy yeah i i think soler would be i think he would be fine but also i don't know how much we would need his bat um like in terms of being an he's he's an all or nothing type guy. He's going to be home run or strikeout. I would rather doesn't really fit our style of I would, play. With yeah, the, with I would the rather have, have someone who hits more for average and can can use the wall. I'd like a like would I rather have a home run guy or a doubles guy? I would probably rather have a doubles guy because he's reaching base more and he's hitting gap to gap. Well, and and I think with our the roster that we build, I mean. Our speed is kind of underlooked in my eyes, um, you know, at least from our outfielders, Verdugo and Kike. Um, you know, JBG, JBJ, when he plays, has some speed to him, JB too. JB Jesus. Yeah, he's back. You know, um, I mean, you, and you have guys that get on base a lot. Like, Bogarts gets on base a lot. Devers gets on base a decent amount. Like A lot of professional hitters. Yeah. The work counts. And so, like... I mean, it, it makes more sense to have those all-or-nothing guys in lineups like the Yankees where you don't have guys getting on base as much. Also, the Red Sox have a very poor history of signing uh, reigning World Series MVPs. Pablo. Oh, my God. Yep. And then they all <laughs> underperform. Yep. Yeah, I mean... Because the expectations on, on Soler, I feel like, would be too high because he's someone who's hit 48 home runs in a season and he's won a World Series MVP. But he's also seen... His peaks have been high, but his valleys have been just as low. Well, and like, you know, how do you trust a guy who's, you know, a peak valley type hitter, especially when he's coming off of exactly. a Exactly. We have Jackie. He, Jackie does that. Um, Out of all the guys I mentioned, I think Soler is the one I want the least. His 2021 yep. stats, 223 average, 27 homers, 748 OPS. And like looking at like his career, he's never really been too solid. 2019, he went off with 48 homers and 117 RBIs. Um, I just don't 923 see... 923 OPS, but that's really the, the only solid year he's had. I just don't think that it's a reasonable, especially because of the type of money you're going to have to pay him based on the fact that he did just win the World Series MVP. I just don't think it's a reasonable... You don't buy high. He could be a short... He would be no. a short-term contract type guy. Yeah. He'd probably be a two-year deal. But again, but everyone else on that list I'd rather have, even yes. Suzuki. 
Um, I think I think Conforto. I think Conforto would be fantastic. Conforto, I didn't think about until Joey told me, like mentioned it. Yeah, I just show. found out he's a free agent today. And with him, I feel like you're buying low. Like he had a pretty bad yeah, season. Yeah, he did have a bad yeah. year last year. And, and, and but, the Mets are pretty hold in terms of money. There's no way he resigns. No, there. he's not going back there. Um, he's under the radar. He's 29 years old. I like Conforter a lot. He's been one of my favorite players he's for like a, no reason. And he's he's, he's actually been pretty not, consistent. He's yeah. also not that bad defensively. Like I know you said that none of the guys. Oh the no, list he def- can move in the outfield. He can. He I think he's the best defensively out of the ones I said. Yeah, besides, besides Suzuki. Suzuki. Besides yes. Suzuki, yeah. Um, and so, that's kind of like one of those lower key signings that I could see the Red Sox making because nobody's talking about him as a free agent, even though he's an All Star. He's a really good player. And yeah, I, I think could come out of nowhere and boom, we have Michael Conforto. That I would, would be pretty that. cool. Well, and I mean, you think about. I mean, Conforto is. I mean, he was an everyday left fielder for the Mets for a long time. And I mean, obviously playing left field in Fenway is different, but I. I mean, he's got the range. He's He'd got, be better he, than JD out there. That's basically my baseline right now. Yeah, I mean, or Schwarber. I yeah, mean, he would definitely he would definitely be a better defender than Schwarber. Hitting wise, I mean, obviously he wasn't as consistent as Schwarber was last year, but I mean, he, they kind of play the same game in terms of like they work counts, they yes. draw walks. Conforto betted three twenty two in twenty twenty. Yeah. He's a good hitter. He's and an he, all-star. He's, and, he's made an all-star team before. I think he's made a home run derby, too, which is a little strange. Um, but he's someone who can also hit gap to gap. He's not He's not going to be your dead pull lefty. He's going to use that wall. Well, I mean, we could use another lefty bat like we talked about exactly. earlier. We have, I don't get why the Red Sox are looking for more righties because, really, our only two everyday lefties are Verdugo and Devers. I and, loved our lineup with lefty Schwarber because then they did like righty, lefty, righty, lefty. Exactly. It was so good. Well, and so, I mean, if you can't get Kyle from Waltham back, like, what's the problem with re-signing um, or with signing Conforto? Because Let me ask you this. Who would you rather have, Schwarber or Conforto? Conforto. Because I think Conforto would be cheaper, and I think Conforto is less injury-prone. Yes. I, I, I think I would have to give the fifty-one forty-nine to Conforto. Here's the thing. I agree with you, but... Only if Schwarber doesn't go to the Blue Jays or Rays or Yankees. Obviously, like if true. he goes out of division, yeah, give me Conforto. But if the Blue Jays are making a push for Confor- yes. or for Schwarber, take him away from them. Exactly. It's it's with Schwarber. You're it's a it's kind of a two sided game because obviously you want to keep his bat in the lineup because he was great for you, but you also want to keep him out of your division because chances are, <laughs> chances yeah. are Schwarber could very well be going to Toronto, and I. I just think you're it doing fits yourself too well. I hate it. It does. <laughs> it really does. Like I put out a free agency prediction list. Shout out your ear- Twitter <laughs> earlier today. Yeah, follow me on Twitter, Joey Nagel nineteen. I said I think that um, I believe that Schwarber is going to end up in Toronto. Suzuki is going to end up with the Padres. Yeah. But I believe the Red Sox. I I can really see them getting Conforto. Maybe a three three year deal. I love with it. A, I love player it. option. Oh. 60 million of oh, it um i think it's just too good of a fit because well i mean it's the whole buying low thing i mean that's what heim does he buys no one's low. talking about him but he should be a top like if he was a free agent next year he'd be one of the top free agents he is just no one's talking about him and it's so strange the more i think about it the more i love it i remember seeing this thing on mlb network the other day talking about conforto and how like he's like bound to have a great bounce back year because of last season and he's just too good to not have a bounce back year well and i mean if he's playing in a division i mean, knows that obviously he's yeah Heim can see the future Heim has, a, Heim has a time machine that we don't know about he does um 
And Give like, me Michael Conforto. I'm all on this train now. I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> well, and like, I mean, it's not like he'd be moving that far either. Yeah. Close to home. Who doesn't love Boston? Like, come on, Michael. And he'd, you know, he'd be in a division with, you know, arguably similar pitching in terms of like caliber. I mean, the, the NL East is nothing to sneeze at in terms of pitching and neither is the AL East. And he's been successful in that. So why can't he be successful here? Plus now he has the... The added bonus of, you know, getting to hit with the DH full-time. So, not that he wouldn't have that if he re- went back to, the, to an NL team but anymore. But, like, you know, that definitely benefits his style of play because it's going to be more people on base. Oh, I love it. I love it, yeah. Um, one thing I want to say about Seiya Suzuki, uh, he was taking, like, batting practice in, like, a Padres shirt. Like, why would you do that if you're not signing they with the Padres? They probably sent it to him and he, his, he didn't do laundry or something. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. No, but I do. I do think he's going to end up with the Padres. The Padres are signing everyone. Um, when did the Padres become such a big market team? Where Where did they get Eric all this Cosme. money? Well, San Diego is a beautiful, beautiful. City. Oh, it is. I mean, I've been to Pet- area. I've been to Petco. It's beautiful, lovely place. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I see one. I see one article about Michael Conforto to the Red Sox from Nesson about three weeks ago, and they're saying exactly what we're saying. It, it just makes sense. Who wrote that article? Uh, Ricky Doyle. That's a fake name. That has to be a fake That's name. That's Heim Bloom. <laughs> Calling yeah, his shot. This is Heim Bloom. Calling his shot. Um. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're, you are buying low on this guy, and I think if you put him in Fenway Park, I don't see how he doesn't succeed. I mean, yeah, he, he can hit everywhere. He's not, he's not one of those Joey Gallo Deadpool power hitters. He's someone who's going to go gap to gap. He's going to use the wall, and... I mean, he's got a real good swing. I mean, I I figured out he's a free agent this morning, and I'm just giddy about him. It's it's really Conforto or bust. I the, well, oh my god, the more you talk about, it, the more I like. Yeah, it. we need to talk that into existence. Yeah, we I do. We're manifesting. Yeah, it. we Michael. are. it. Yeah. Um, there's like no other good free agents. I was just looking through it. Like, there's no other names to really toss out there, unless yeah. we want Michael Pineda. Pine tar man. The funny thing is, I could totally no. see the Sox doing it. it. It's like one of those weird backwards things where everyone hates him, but the he's, team signs him anyway. He's not even good, though. I know he's not good. He throws hard. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, what about Kenley Jansen? I mean, we kind of talked about that. Yeah, a he's bit. a veteran closer. He's won a World Series. He knows what to do. He's a back end bullpen guy. Probably not going to look for too long of a deal. He's 33. I want him. Um, oh, we need a closer. I. Yeah. Do not want to go into the season with Matt Barnes as our closer. I just can't. <laughs> I yeah. can't do it. Jason's can't had do it. Jason's had too many heart palpitations. I know. That man. I'm begging you. Just no. Right. No more. So we've addressed the bullpen. We've addressed the outfield. I feel like the only thing left for this Sox team, the only the hole that they need. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Up the Fenway front Sorry, game. Go, Come on go now. Make go it 100% off Bring the prices off down. Beef. Um. Oh, the get rotation. rid of your vegetarian ketchup. Give me like real ketchup, or not vegetarian. It's like what? It's like organic. Like it tastes oh. like beets. I don't know. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. I actually haven't seen that. I well, I'm a mustard guy on the hot. Dog. Yeah, what? same. Okay. Oh well, yeah, chicken tenders and fries. Like you get the also what? mustard. Uh, sorry, honey I meant, mustard. Yeah. yeah, they. Yeah, Fenway's so luxury. They serve honey mustard. Yeah. I know other ballparks right. don't. Where's um, the rotation? We're not going to be oh. signing anyone. Uh, Colin McHugh is not coming to Boston. Good. <laughs> Good riddance. I hate that guy. That just happened. So. Where'd he go? Braves. 
Eh, whatever. Um, he's a loser. He is. It's interesting to me how much the Braves are pushing to like go back to back, but like I feel like they're just they're not. They're going back to back without Freddie Freeman. It just doesn't feel right. It's so weird. It's I love Matt Olson though. Yeah, he's he's like he's if so you're, good. If you're replacing Freddie Freeman with anyone, that's the guy. That's the guy. Yeah. Yep. And, and you got him on a good fairly team friendly contract. Yep. I saw yeah, something that's actually that, a, for him that's a really good contract. They're paying Albies, Acuña and Olson a combined 39 million a year. That's insane. That's that's excellent. That's, that's, that's brilliant. Robbery. That's great. Yeah. Yep. Albies gets eight million a year. Acuna gets ten million. A that year. Acuna deal is still the wildest thing. Oh, me. it's the worst. What thing a ever. steal! Yeah. Oh my god. Um. But yeah, the rotation. The rotation. It, and that's the rotation isn't something that we're gonna solve through well, free agency. I don't think it's that bad. Let's look at it. No, right no, no, no. It's so, not okay. bad at all. You got who? You got Avaldi, Sale, Pavetta, and then Rich Hill. Rich Hill, Rich Hill, who's only he's gonna go five mid innings max every every Paxton. every start. Paxton doesn't come back till mid season. Yeah, mid season. Okay, but um, when he so comes back, that's your an asset. Fifth be Tanner Houck. Tanner Houck. I Waka? like I like Waka stinks. Yeah, mm. and I would like Houck in the bullpen. I thought he was very effective uh, in the postseason out of the pen. So what I, I would know. like, I would like another guy in the rotation, like probably a righty, just. Maybe I, maybe via trade from Cincinnati yes. area. Well, the in, only way that I yeah, <laughs> the only way I see us solving the rotation is we we have so many assets right now. We have so many like very to, solid prospects. We should flip them for a starter. We need to move some of the middle infield, and we just need to move the I'm infield. In, I'm in love with Luis Castillo. I would he would be just an unbelievable acquisition. Well, I mean, can you think of him and Sale back to back days? That would give any team fits. and Evaldi. Ugh. Like if if you, my the only downside is if you're gonna trade for a starting pitcher, chances are the team that you're gonna trade with would want pitching in return, and our farm system is a lot more. No, it's all it's, it's all lot, infield. It's it's infield. I so I think our pitching prospects are actually pretty decent. Like we have a good amount. Yes, but I'd rather. I don't know. It depends on. I mean, but like you also you look at the team right now and you see like there are so many like just blockades in terms of the infield. I mean, if you keep Bogart's endeavors, like is Jeter Downs ever going to make the major league roster and ever play? I know Joey hates him I and don't wants like him tra- and wants him traded. Yeah, get rid of him. We should. We should. Jeter should Downs, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah. Um, one name that I just actually thought of right now that I w- we could trade, Jaron Duran. Like, what's yes. the deal with him? Are we going to trade him or are we going to try to see what he can do? Because, like, before he played in the majors, we are like, this is going to be the best player of all time. Or like, Dahlback. Like... Yeah, I mean, especially if we. I'd s- keep him. I could see. I could see us trading him though, for sure. If it's the right deal, maybe. But yes. I'd keep him. I mean, but Dahlback reminds me a lot of Chavis, right? Like, I think he's better. I mean, he is much definitely better. better. He doesn't chase as much. I'll give you guys that. He doesn't strike out um, nearly as much. I, I honestly I have a couple think ideas that I don't think our rotation needs a guy right now. Maybe not, but it's mid-season though. If we're in the race. I mean, we're going to be, but this is a crazy stacked division. I have Wait. a team that we could maybe make mm. a nice trade with. The Cleveland Guardians, because they always pump out pitching. Who do you want from them? Maybe, like, obviously you're not going to get Bieber. Savali? Savali wouldn't Ooh. be bad. Um, I don't think we need to go out there and get an ace. That's the thing. It's because mm. we got Sale, Avaldi, and Pavetta. I like that. Uh, Pavetta's like a four to me. 
So maybe yeah. I'd say we need I, a three. I, I would like a three. And think, Eddie yeah. was your three. You lost yeah, one. I'd like to bring. Exactly. You don't need an ace. You need a three. Eddie was your three. You got to replace him. This is another guy I was looking at. We were interested. We in, almost got him, right? Yeah. Cal, Cal Quantrill. Quantrill. Yep. I remember Because he's a pretty name. solid guy. We were looking at him at the deadline. I bet we could get him for the right price Well, from Cleveland. Do we think Paxton can be a three? He definitely could be, but... <laughs> Obviously, but you need a bandaid for that. He's coming off of Tommy John. I always like guys off Tommy John. Yes, always. But also, <laughs> Paxton. I mean, obviously, he got Cy Young votes just a couple years ago with Seattle. He was nails. He was their ace. Um, but, but he the, is he is up there. In the age. thing has always been injuries with him. He is uh, thirty three. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's a little older. So the whole Tommy John recovery thing is a little bit more. Actually, you know, you bring up a good point there about age. Chris Sale's thirty two. Paxton's thirty-three. Um Evaldi's thirty is something is thirty-two. He? Last year of his deal too, although he Rich did. Hill's like sixty. Yeah. Pavetta's what? Pavetta, Twenty-eight. He's young. He's twenty-nine. That's actually not that young. Mm-mm. No. So our, our, our rotation's basically thirty and up. So actually that's a good point. We could use like a younger guy like Luis Kessler. Or, you know, if we don't trade for a pitcher, like a starting pitcher this year that you know is gonna make an impact right now. Trade for a pitching prospect. Why don't we try flip some of our infield guys for pitching prospects? That could also yeah. work too. I actually just changed my mind on this. I do want a rotation guy. I want someone young. They don't have to be elite, but I want someone young. I think Quantrill would be a very solid pickup. Also solid. another under the radar guy. He's twenty seven, so he's not I want I mean, he's right in his prime, I would say. What's that guy's name? I've really liked him. Um Nick Lodolo. Nick Lodolo from the Reds, yeah, he's good. He's a funky lefty. I'd like him. I, I don't see how the Reds could trade him, though. They probably wouldn't. They're very high on him because they're obviously going to rebuild. He's probably part of their future. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that's kind of the other pieces the Red Sox could use, a young rotation guy like that. Well, I mean, I think I think you need to move some of the infield prospects. Like, I just think it's unavoidable, especially with how much, like, you – especially the guy we drafted, like, fourth overall last year, like – Marcelo Mayer? Yeah, like, you're going to want – he's a middle infielder. He's, you're gonna want him to come up and play sooner rather than later. Yeah. So like, like there are just too many guys, and you gotta just get rid of some of them. And if you're gonna get rid of them, get rid of them for young pitching prospects, or get rid of them for pitchers that can help us now. Yeah, I think your guys that you're looking at to get rid of potentially, uh, Jeter Downs, um, maybe Matthew Lugo, who's a shortstop, um, Hudson Potts. If we do, we even still have him. He's yes, not on our do. top thirty though. He's he's on our uh, he's on our. 40-man roster, though. But I think the untouchable prospects, obviously Casas. Um, Nick York. Mayer already, yeah. Nick York, for sure. I love Nick York. Um, Brian Bello, Bayo. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian Mata, I don't want to put untouchable on him, but I like well, him. Well, he I feel like the hype on him has, has died off a little bit. Two, like, younger pitchers that I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing, Connor Seabold and Josh Winkowski. I think they'll be really good. Seabold, I mean, Seabold started a game for us last year. So. Is, um, is Winkowski a starter or a reliever? I don't know. <laughs> Let's look that up. Like, Seabold could be an option in the rotation, too. Um, we Starting don't really... pitcher. Winkowski? Yep. Okay. That's what it says. So there's that. Well, and you know he could always be like a Hauk guy well, who flips. Training's big for. Well, I mean, again, all of our pitchers are old, so we're we going to be getting guys. a look. We're going to see Seabold is going to start some games. Yeah. Winkowski is going to start some games. We're going to get a look at these guys. So. Bayo Mata, yeah, no, yeah. Um, oh, and J- Jay Groom. Don't forget about Groom. Uh, He's got long hair now. Really? Oh yeah. Looking like oh, we, I think bl- I, as much as I love the name Blaze Jordan. Um, what what are you going to say about him? 
Yeah. Dude hit like 500 well, he, ho- foot homers when he was like 12. I don't 12. think he's, <laughs> an, he's, an, he's an untouchable prospect. That's what I'm saying. But his name is Blaze he's cool. Jordan. He's cool. <laughs> he I listened to him on the Section 10 podcast. I, and I was like, I love this dude. He's very cool. Yeah. He's. I mean, he gets compared to Matt Holiday and Mark Trumbo, which is that's a, that's not a bad thing. That's solid. <laughs> Matt Holiday was a very good player. Yeah, for a while. So was Mark Trumbo. Trumbo also. Yeah. yeah. Trumbo was. Yeah. Oh. I completely forgot the Orioles are moving back their wall in left field. I don't. Th- that's dumb. Didn't we talk about that? We did. Yeah, that's stupid. But so that's whatever. stupid. Um, oh, Alex oh. Benias. Benellis. We good. got him for Renfro. He's. He has to be good if we trade Renfro. Well, oh. Yeah. Well, he looks. I. I've seen a little. I did a little research on him after we made that trade, and um, I like what I've seen. He's he actually. Lo- yeah. Yeah. He solid. looks like he could be a good hitter. He's, um, he played well his freshman year at Wisconsin, like really well. And, yeah. a very, and like ACC is competitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, I want to move on from this. Um, one thing I want to talk about real quick, the Yankees traded Gary Sanchez and Gio Urshela, and they got Josh Donaldson. And Isaiah um, Isaiah, Isaiah Falafel, dude, yeah. Yeah, he, he kind of killed us in that Rangers series last year. He did. Um, he took we, Whitlock deep. What do we think about that we can't make fun of Gary Sanchez as much it anymore. sucks. I, I he I'm was really such sad. a sack of potatoes. Like, <laughs> oh my god, the that worst guy was defensive catcher the I have la- ever the seen. Laziest baseball player I've ever seen. And I also love Josh Donaldson. He I was like one jo- of my favorite players yeah, for a while. Too. So it sucks that he's on the Yankees. Um, and I don't one, think he's as good as he used to be. Anymore, he's not, though. but I still like him as a person. You know, too. you know what? I've always never had a big hatred of Gio Urshela. I always thought he was a he's a pretty solid player. Yeah, me too. I, I thought he, I thought I thought he was one of the more non-hateable Yankees. And now, like, I don't know if he continues his success in Minnesota. Like, hey, good for him. Yeah, I agree with that. He's off the hate list. Um, I. Hate how the Yankees have that rule where you have to shave your facial hair. I think it's the stupidest thing in all of sports, it and so I dumb. can't stand it. It bothers me every time a player is traded, so and everyone's cheesy. like, "What's he gonna look like without a beard?" And the player has to shave his beard, and he's like, "That's just sad." And they look yeah, stupid like all Rugnet the time. Odor last year. Oh my oh god, my he god, looks ridiculous. So he looks so bad. Oh. Yeah, well, yeah. that's an interesting trade with the whole Donaldson and Cole thing. I don't know. They said they're fine. They figured I, it out. Yeah, they can be whatever. grown ups. I, I mean, well, no one in Garrett that Cole Yan- will go cry about no it. No one in that Yankees clubhouse even likes Garrett Cole. No one likes anyone in there. No, I hate the Yankees. They all hate Aaron. Aaron Boone being back is still the funniest. So thing to funny. Me. Yeah. Um. Another thing I want to touch Who's on. Who's your first baseman going to be? Oh, uh, Luke Voigt. Luke Voigt. Luke Voigt. I he's think a, he's Rizzo's going back to the Yankees though. Luke Voigt. You think Rizzo's going back? Yeah, I do. Uh-huh. I've kind of accepted it. MLB Network. Also. Yankees propaganda. You said that. I don't yeah. really know what you're referring to. Um, <laughs> I was watching uh, Hot Stove with Harold Reynolds and Matty V, and they were just all over the Yankees. Oh, my God. Well, I it's just Matty V still. Yeah, it is Matty V, uh, the world's most closeted Yankees fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know about that. but I, I don't know. The ML- I think MLB Network, like, obviously you have to sweet talk the Yankees because they're one of the biggest – named teams um they're the biggest market obviously in mlb 
but like some of the, like some baseless claims. Like Harold Reynolds was like, Josh Donaldson probably loves Garrett Cole. He was just saying that to get in his head. Oh my god! And I was like, I have breaking news. This is like world news. Daylight savings time is not gonna like be a thing anymore. Oh, they let's like go. They're gonna make it permanent so we don't have to change our clocks. I, thank oh, God. Thank let's god. go. Good. That's the best news of the entire oh episode. <laughs> I was literally talking about this with my dad the other day. I was like, this is so useless. But thank God that's not a thing anymore. That was always one of the dumbest things ever. It was passed by unanimous consent. Yep. Yeah, it should be. No one likes it. Arizona got farmers. it right. They never recognized it. Shout out Arizona. They're Shout out like, Arizona. Yeah, nah, we're not going to do that. The nah. Red Sox should move their spring training to Arizona, Loki. Yeah, why not? You see, you, did you see that Jesse Winker, when he got traded from the Reds to the Mariners, all he had to do was walk across the street? Perfect, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I want to get to questions um, before we wrap this up. One last thing I want to say, though. Uh, baseball is back, and you're going to want to get out there to those games. Spring training games, regular season games, opening day in Yankee Stadium, home opener at Fenway. Get out there with SeatGeek because SeatGeek is the best ticket provider out there for all sports, concerts, shows, and more. They make buying tickets easy by grading every ticket price so you know you're getting the best deal, and they provide a view from your seat. I think I already said that, so you can get the perfect seats at any event. Uh, plus, you can get $20 off your first purchase with SeatGeek by using the promo code. What is the code? D-U-G-O-U-T. Get out there. Dug out. Get Dug out. out. Um, Garrett's not here. Who knows where he is? Uh, let's do some questions real quick. Rapid fire. Um, what is the true ceiling and floor of this team? Ceiling, World Series. Floor is like last 80. place. <laughs> floor is floor, is, floor, floor will is be fourth place. Floor is fourth place. Behind the Blue Jays, Rays, and Yankees. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, what pickups do the Sox need to get to become serious competitors? I Conf think they already are. Conforto. We would um, I would love an outfielder. Outfielder? And a pitcher. Pitcher. And a righty in the bullpen. Closer. Righty out of the bullpen. That would be in a perfect world. I don't see us getting all three, but if... I think outfielder's the big one. I think that's the big one. As long as you can get an outfielder, we can make things work with the bullpen. And number two, like some kind of pitcher. Could be a starter or a reliever. I think they just yep. need more. A yeah. righty. Um, who do you think is going to replace Erod in the starting rotation? Let me put it like this: a free agent or someone internal? Um, well, I kind of, I immediately thought it was Paxton that kind of replaced him because he was signed right after. Yeah. Um, and he's lefty. I think it's um, a, I think it's a bit of a platoon of guys: Paxton, Rich Hill. You know. Yeah. I don't yeah. think the answer is here quite yet. Do we think Rich Hill is actually going to be good though? I'm a little. Little concerned about that. He's old, and I'm not too sure if he can be. I think he's fully competitive. Be very, very average, and he's probably only going to go four to five innings each. I start. don't think he's going to finish the year on the Sox. Not in the majors. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. They wouldn't demote him. They'd they probably just, just designate him. him. I think yeah. that's what might happen. Maybe. Um, we'll see. The pride of Milton Mass, though. Any prospects we should keep an eye on this year that could get their first MLB action? Casas could Casas. be up. Um, Jeter Downs could like actually make the majors, and then we'll realize he sucks and get he, rid of him yes. forever. Um, I think names to watch spring training is definitely Brian Bello. Bello? Bello? Is it Bello or Bello? I think it's Bello. Bello? Brian Mata. We don't really the see two too many. two Brians. Yeah. They're both spelled B-R-Y-A-N, too. which is No, Brian Bello has an A-Y-A-N. Oh, both I think any of two, our two misspelled Bryans. Yeah. Watch watch out for the pitching prospects. It'll be interesting to see what they bring to the table. Also, this, this for spring, spring training, Jackie's gonna hit four sixty. <laughs> yeah. Like he does every year. Always. So remember. Just remember. Place your bets on Jackie Bradley for being the MVP yeah. of spring training. Oh. 
Oh, they're going to say of the season like I competed. Like yeah. I predicted that last time he was on the team. Oh, yeah. Uh, this one from Sean Casey. Who are you sending to the sun first? Who's going to suck? Yeah, I got to look you know, at this roster too. Huh. Um, so, I mean, I like our team. I, I mean, it's got to be a pitcher. Right? Uh, no, Waka. Michael Waka. Waka. Michael Waka. Waka. Yeah, 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 yeah. Same no, Michael Waka. No. Send Philip Valdez. No. 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 Oh, where are you no. getting these takes? No. He's not. It's he, Michael Walker. It's the Walker. It's Michael Walker. That dude sucks. Yeah, I have yeah. no and I have no attachment, sentimental attachment to that guy. Yeah, he, he made the game two of the 2013 World Series painful for me to watch. So I guess I'm on board. He's not yeah. going to be good at all. That guy is. He Garbage. throws slop jalop. Come on, slop jalop. <laughs> Are you kidding? And Philip Valdez in his career 1.5 whip doesn't. Why are you hating on Phillips Valdez? Yes, but here's the thing. Phillips Valdez isn't a name. Michael Walker, he was a Cy Young contender at one point in his career. He just stinks now. It's kind of like the expectations thing. You expect Valdez to be mediocre. I wouldn't call him mediocre, but okay. He was very inconsistent. He His ERA was sub two at one point. And yeah. he was good in 2020. All right, more questions. Um... Oh, do we have a chance in getting Freddie Freeman? No. I mean, we have a we, chance. We have a chance. I, I think, if I, I had think, to put a percentage on it, I'd say 23%. But none of us want him. I think we're 23 just, is too high, actually. The Red Sox are the interest kings. Yeah, they're, they're just doing they're their due diligence. In everyone. Heim Bloom loves baseball. He loves just being <laughs> interested in baseball players. No, I, they probably have kicked the tires on him and just checked in to see what his market is looking like because they know there's a possibility he's going to end up in the division. Yeah. Um. I wonder, are they maybe kind of playing a game kicking the tires on freddie freeman because they know the blue jays are interested and maybe that helps them they're probably just trying to get on schwarber yeah exactly like the blue jays are like oh my god the red sox want him like i'm gonna i'm gonna give him more money they're and the gonna red sox yeah are like, we're, now we got schwarber yeah, and, say Suzuki and we just yeah. got everybody <laughs> yeah exactly yeah i'm bloom just i i think it's oh. a bit of a Heim game bloom is playing 3d chess and we just have to wait and always, watch always always um Last two things I want to say. Nick Pavetta was the first one at Red Sox camp for the major leaguers. Love it. I expect love it. that. He's a passionate Nicky guy. Nicky Smooches, I love you. Yeah. Um, the red glove. Oh, love it. And that energy, yeah. Um, I just hope. What was the other thing I was going to say? I just hope he has a good year. Oh, last thing. I want to close it out with Alex Cora's beard. Fantastic. It's great. It's amazing. Salt and pepper. It, it has magic in it already, I think. Yeah. I think, I think this could be the year of the return to the beard with Dykeman. It's uh, Deekman. Deekman. Big Deek. Deeks. Yeah. Deek. Could be the return of the beard. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. What? What? Uh, Raffy grows <laughs> I don't his, think Raffy, his his pube stash. Raffy He's, doesn't yeah. know how to grow a beard. He can't have. He's getting hair. to the age. Um. I said that was the last thing. One last thing. <laughs> Alex Verdugo. I keep forgetting is on this team, and it makes me excited whenever I remember. I know. Like I have a hot take. I think Alex Verdugo is more likable than Mookie Betts. Oh, he is. Yeah, I yeah, love that dude. He absolutely is. He's got more of a personality, and I think that's what fans gravitate towards. I'm just I love like Verdugo. I'm just actively remembering who's on the Red Sox, and it gets me excited. That's great. Up. Baseball's back, and I could not be more excited. Let's go. Yeah, that I can't wait for Thursday for the first spring training game, even though I know I'm going to be fed up with it by the fourth inning because we're going to be throwing out like the entire Greenville drive. Oh, my God. We're going to have like these random players out there. Yeah, I, don't, like, I don't even know if Evaldi starts on Sa- or Friday. Chad De La Guerra? I Ooh, hope we, that I is bet the we classic do. spring training yeah. replacement guy. Like, um, oh, Chad De La Guerra is out there. It's like the sixth inning already. Okay. 
Um, yeah, that's enough for me. Now. I can shut this off now. Chat of the war. We do not. Uh, who's gonna take? Who's gonna fill those shoes? I got it. That's what I want. I know. know who it's gonna be. It Talking is, about big moves, we need to make. We need to fill Chad De La Guerra's shoes. It's gonna be Ryan Fitzgerald, fake player. Doesn't that dude has long picture. hair. I've seen him. He has long hair. David Hamilton, Christian Koss. That's an uh, Yol- Rob Refsnyder. Hey, hey Yolmer Sanchez. He won a. He's actually not. He won a gold idea. glove. Yeah. Franchi, we're gonna be seeing Franchi. Oh my God, Thank the franchise. God that. That's our outfielder. That's how you In know Worcester. baseball's back. <laughs> That's how you know baseball's back when Franchi Cordero's out there striking out. It's gonna be great. He's probably gonna hit 400 with like 10 bombs in spring training. He's not too. gonna get out. He's not gonna he, get out. He probably <laughs> won't. Okay. Um, well, that'll do it for this week's episode. Our next episode will be after baseball games have been played, and we're gonna have actual baseball content to talk about. Let's go! Yeah. I'm excited. I can tell. Yeah. Me too. All right. We're back. Baseball's back. Let's go. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Peace. <laughs>